You're listening to The Den Download, a podcast designed to help coaches and movement enthusiasts with tools and insights for building a strong body, a stronger mindset, and your strongest life. I'm your host, Allison Tenney, a strength and conditioning coach on this journey with you to have in-depth conversations of what it means to have an impact on and in the world around us. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 10 of The Den Download, and today we are getting into it. And by it, I mean mental health, specifically my own journey with mental health. And since I am not a licensed mental health professional in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey. So if this applies to you, if you take any nuggets away from my journey, my own experience, great If you have people in your life that could be struggling in similar ways, also great. Mental health affects all of us in a lot of different ways, and so we have to talk about it. If we're going to be talking about strength, conditioning, fitness exercise, your mental well-being is a huge component of that. There's so many mindfulness coaches out there. And if we neglect the mental health aspect of it, then we are neglecting huge piece of the puzzle. So today we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about my journey. Let's dive in. So I'm not going to lie. This conversation gives me a little bit of the jitters because while I'm open with my family and my friends about my mental health struggles and am very well equipped now to be dealing with them and talking about them. I've never talked about them into the internet. (laughs) So I'm glad you're here with me. I'm glad we have this podcast space to have this conversation. And this is kind of vulnerable because... I've never shared this before. So my journey with mental health started just a few years ago. I had never considered myself a, quote, depressed person. Of course, we all have our low points. But talking about mental health and depression or anxiety or any type of disorder was not something that I was really brought up around nor really affected myself or my family members. And so it just wasn't a regular conversation because I guess it never really needed to be. Fast forward, um, I probably, in hindsight, for sure had postpartum depression Definitely after my second child had some thoughts that were a little bit scary, had some moments that were even scarier. And yet because I was under this motherhood, I don't know, veil, guise, whatever you want to call it, those things were not to be spoken of because a good mother doesn't scream at her baby. A good mother always loves her baby. And I had a lot of guilt and shame around what it meant to be a, quote, good mother. And so I didn't say anything. Of course, I was sleep deprived, had two kids 
under the age of two. My girls are 18 months apart. And so I struggled hard with that second kid and for sure went undiagnosed with postpartum depression. And that was really where I probably dipped my toe into starting to examine and look at the narratives that I had chosen and the beliefs that I was choosing to believe around what it meant to start a family, to have a family, to be a mom, to have a career, what my time looked like, how it was valued, who my body belonged to. There were a lot of things that were up in the air for me, and I didn't deal with it very well. What I did do was go back to my regular training of how I had always dealt with things. Shove it down, smile, and keep moving forward, no matter what. I could handle anything. And I had proved to myself, because of my athletic upbringing and my academic and athletic achievements, that I was a go-getter and that I could handle a lot on my plate. But what I didn't understand was that the more pressure I put on myself and the more I told myself that I can handle whatever is on my plate, the more things started to crumble around me. I wasn't asking for help or support until it felt like I was drowning. And even then, I don't even know if a dinner or a drink would do me that much good. And I started to really look at what it meant for me to be a mom. And it wasn't like it happened right when those kids were babies. Because boy, did I try. I tried my hardest to be a good mom, to be a good wife, to be a good coach, to have a good career, to show up in all of those areas as good. And for me, to show up as good enough. And when you are constantly trying to show up as good enough, and that's the framework you're operating under, I promise you, it's never enough. The bottles are never clean. The diapers are dirty. The house is a mess. You're constantly late. It takes a million hours to get out of the house. And when you're out of the house, you just want to be back in the house. (laughs) So it was a huge wake-up call for me to really look at those things. And I remember reading a blog post that really was an aha moment for me about another mom who was writing about the different phases of motherhood. And now granted, I had my two kids within 18 months of each other, like to the day. So I was in it when I read this blog post about a mom that was writing about how she wasn't, she wasn't into being a baby mom. She was enjoying the teenage years, but the baby years were not her jam. And she went on to explain how these different phases of motherhood from newborns, babies, toddlers, the tweens into high school and then your grown-up kids, they're different phases of motherhood. And now that I'm in and have been through those different phases, it totally makes sense. 
And I had put a lot of pressure on myself to be a baby mom because I'm a mom. I should love everything about being a mom. And when I finally let go of that, I'm telling you, my mental health was so much better. There was no, well, there was still some pressure, but I had let go of these tendencies and thoughts and beliefs that I needed to love every moment of having these babies. Because let me tell you, I did not. I did not love breastfeeding or pumping or getting up every three hours to feed or the crying any of that. Do I love my kids? Of course. That's always the caveat. Of course I love my kids. But I was not a baby mom. I rocked out those toddler years. Those kids were cute as hell. And I am enjoying the fuck out of their elementary school years where they are brushing their own teeth, wiping their own butts, and kind of listening to what I'm saying. But this podcast is not about being a mom. That was just my first, I guess, awakening to really seeing myself go deep into that hole. Um, And to be honest, at some points, not wanting to crawl out of that hole, wondering if maybe that hole was just it that that was the best option, that everything would just be better off there. So fast forward to about two years ago, when my family was going through a rather large transition. We were moving from Orlando to Austin and had decided as a family that this was a really great opportunity. We never make decisions like that lightly. And so I was all in. The girls were on board. The husband was excited about this job opportunity, but it required him to stay behind in Orlando for about three months to finish out his previous job before joining us in Austin. We had already purchased a home, and so the timing just worked out where our lease was up at our rental in Orlando It was over the summer, so I could move with the girls, get us situated in the house, get them started in school, and then my husband would join us a few months later when he was done with his job. So, like any planner does, I got to work. I have this skill of being able to move my family like clockwork. I dot all the I's, I cross all the T's, I am a very organized human. And so when it came to moving, I had everything down to a T. The movers came, they got all of our stuff, they put it on the on the shipping containers or moving truck. I loaded up my car with both of my girls and off we drove from Orlando, Florida to Austin, Texas, stopping one night in a hotel, showed up to Austin with a house full of boxes, two young children in a new city in a pandemic. Yes, we moved right in the middle of COVID. So the country was basically in shutdown and we moved right in the middle of it. This really set the stage for what was to be some of the hardest months for me. 
And again, my default is to just keep going, hammer away, keep moving, keep doing, keep performing to make sure that others are set and that they know that I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) And so often we're not fine. And I didn't ask for help. But also with COVID, it was really hard to ask for help and also receive that help. And so many people struggle and still struggle because we are still currently in a pandemic, going through being isolated, being isolated from our families, from our friends, from our normal quote unquote way of life of just being able to travel and get out and and not be apprehensive about it. It wasn't necessarily the new city that I was in or this new house. I was excited about the city, excited about the house and the opportunities, but I couldn't join a gym. And I was nervous to go to the grocery store. And my kids couldn't have play dates. And when we got them in soccer, there was all these protocols to follow. So even the social aspects of trying to get out and meet community were still so limited for us. So I found myself performing, 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 just staying busy, 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 busy with the house stuff, busy with all the new things that come with being in a new city, finding doctors in a pandemic, school stuff for the kiddos, trying to manage myself. And without my partner, without my husband, who was still FaceTiming and doing his best, but was still away. So I was parenting alone and trying to make sure that we were settled in this new city and in this new home. Now, I am a very strong and very firm believer in therapy. I think everybody needs a good therapist. We all have our shit that we need to work out. One of the best things I did when I was in Orlando was get a great therapist. I had been going to her for about 18 months, maybe two years, when we got the news that we would be leaving. And because of the pandemic, she was able to do virtual. And so throughout this time, I continued my therapy over Zoom. And... My grab bag for my defaults and what I want to complain about and worry about and have anxiety about is always all the things I put on my plate that you can also be grateful for. A new house, having to manage all of the things with that, a business with incredible clients, and with that comes a lot of pressure to continue to perform and stay on top of all the things that come with that. And so those were the things that I was talking to my therapist about inside of our therapy sessions. Now, what ended up happening was that at some point, I could not get myself back to status quo. And I kept thinking that if I just continue with the therapy, 
just need to talk about it with somebody. Or once my husband gets here. Or I just need to get up earlier and go through my morning routine. I need to journal more. I need to go for those nice walks that everybody keeps talking about. I'm not drinking enough water. That must be it. And what was happening was that I was going further and further down into that depressed, anxious hole and kept thinking that if I could just therapy my way out of it, journal, meditate, make sure I'm sleeping, make sure I'm moving and working out and doing the things that I know traditionally make me feel like me. Now, am I saying I was doing all those things? No. I certainly wasn't getting up early for some morning routine. I still don't do that shit. But I wasn't finding joy in things that usually bring me joy. Was I functioning? Yeah, I functioned really well. Those people would never notice that I would be struggling with any type of depression, anxiety, mental health at all because I am a high-level functioning human. But I wasn't joyful. Things that normally make me feel good and grounded just weren't, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And what was happening was I was also pulling away from important relationships because I didn't know how to communicate with them that, well, everything should be fine, but it doesn't feel like that. And I didn't know how to explain it. And so I would feel even worse even thinking about calling some of my best friends. Don't be a burden, Allison. They have their own problems, Allison. And so not only was I not feeling joy in my life, but I was also isolated from the pandemic in a new city and pulling away from the people who I should have been reaching out to because I thought I would be a burden. I finally suggested, I suggested to my therapist, hey, I just don't feel like myself. And in actually talking to a friend who had also gone on some antidepressants, I had started to really think about it. Am I the type of person that needs to be on antidepressants? I think because I hadn't been brought up or needed um, that type of intervention, it wasn't something that I immediately went to. And so I went months and months and months without thinking that that would be the answer. But when I brought it up to my therapist, she immediately was like, yeah, I think that would be great for you. <laughs> I was a little taken aback. Like, if you think this is going to be so great for me, how come you didn't suggest this earlier? Thanks. <laughs> but she did suggest it. And I did get on medication. And it did help. And one of the things that I really appreciate that one of my best friends said to me, and it made so much sense, is that sometimes medication is the only bridge 
to your mental health. In the wellness world, we talk a lot about mental health, physical health, emotional health, and working out and fitness and movement. Yes, that's a piece of it. And challenging your thoughts and beliefs and learning and journaling and reading. Yes, that is a piece of it. But sometimes that bridge to mental health is medication. And there is no amount of walks or journaling or meditating or coursework that you're going to do that can build that bridge for you. And so for me, that was the medication. I think it's important that we have these conversations and that we are transparent to also normalize the fact that we all struggle on some level with something. And if we can destigmatize being on medication, then maybe more people will get the help they need. And now I am very blessed and lucky and privileged to have access to a therapist, to a doctor who prescribes me medication, and to be able to afford that medication. And if we're going to talk about health and wellness, this has to be part of the conversation. Access to mental health and wellness is just as important to access to all the things for your physical health and wellness. So if you are struggling, like I was, like so many of us are, because we have been isolated, because it has been a grind, and no, you don't have to do it all by yourself, just because you think you should, or somebody around you is telling you you should, that is incorrect. There are people who want to help and people who can help you through whatever it is you're going through. My hope is that by me sharing some of my struggles, some of my own beliefs that I've had to untangle about asking for help and who I am and how I show up in the world, that I can ask for help. And that medication sometimes is that bridge to better mental health. My hope is that in sharing my story, you feel a little less alone in yours. Until next time, fam. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Den Download. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of our conversations. If you appreciate the show, hop on over to iTunes and give us some stars. For more tips and notes from the show, check out allisontennyfitness.com and make sure to follow and come say hi over on the gram at Allison Tenney. Talk to you next week.